Hello, welcome back to Let's Talk Title with Emmercoast Title Services. I'm your co-host and president of ECTS, Dion Moniz. And we have our director of operations, co-host, Ashley Bowen. Hello. Hi. You ready? I'm ready. All right, so. Part five. Of our three-part series our on Farbar versus Crisp. <laughs> yeah, initially we thought we'd get it done in three parts and it got a little longer than we thought. So we're at part five, but this final. is our final part. Mm -hmm. We're gonna talk about a, the addenda uh, between Farbar and Crisp. So uh, why don't we jump in and get started. Uh, let's discuss first, you know, all through these last four parts, we've talked about how much longer Farbar is and stuff that's in Farbar that's not in Crisp. You gotta click the right addenda. That's right, so, so we're gonna kind of look at those. Let's go ahead and talk about the addenda that are part of Crisp that are already built into Farbar. And when you add all of those additional pages, then your Crisp contract could be, you know, as long, if not longer, than the far bar. Yeah, exactly. But you um, should have wrote your offer in on first place, <laughs> right. in our opinion. We love far bar, <laughs> and there's a whole uh, contracts class we can come give you to, uh, to where I can talk you into far bar over crisp, but one of the main differences between the two, uh, amongst the sections that we've gone over through this series, though, that, like Ashley mentioned, is crisp is four pages shorter. And so it looks like it's easier, but by the time you add in all the right addenda to make it the same as Farbar, it's really the same, the same length. So anyway, if you're on a crisp, you have to be extra diligent to make sure that you do include the proper addenda that apply, whereas it's already built into Farbar, so you don't have to be as careful because it's, it's already there. But there's also differences in the addenda. Yes. You've got, you know, the, the VA FHA addendum versus the VA addendum on crisp, um, and there are there are differences in, in a lot of these as well, so we'll kind of go over that too. Yep. So first, the, the three addenda that stand out the most is being already built into Farbar that are not part of CRISP unless you check the addendum is FERPTA, 1031 exchanges, and rentals. So FERPTA, that's a whole different episode. Actually, that'll be our next episode. We're going to tell you all about FERPTA. Oh, it'll be so much What fun. the heck it is, why it applies. What uh, forms you need to use. What forms you need. Um, but for Farbar, there's a whole half-page section under the standards that addresses FERPTA. Whereas if you're on CRISP and you're dealing with a foreign seller, which we'll get into what classifies as a foreign seller next time, but if you have a foreign seller where FERPTA would apply, you have to make sure you check that addendum and uh, include it. And I can't say this enough, and we'll definitely talk about it next episode, but know who your seller is. And right. if you know that your seller is a foreign person, I'd put that in the listing, you know, yes. just so that the other party knows to add that addendum to the contract whenever they put your um, offer in. Great point. Yeah. So if you're on buyer side making an offer, it would be good to know that the seller is a foreign person for purposes of including that and addendum the, And these the funds offer. are going to be subject to withholding. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Very important. Yep. And then the 1031. Um, that is already included in Farbar. It's an additional addendum in CRISP. Um, if your buyer or seller halfway through the process decide, hey, we want a 1031, um, the other party could disagree, you know, not want to sign that thing, and that could be a, a way out or a cause of um, heartache right in the middle of, of the transaction. So um, you don't have to have it in Farbar, but you do have to have it in CRISP. Right. So I, I really can't think of a, a reason why a seller would, would be uh, scared away from a 1031 exchange, but in today's well, hot market. But you can be. Um, sure. We've got 
you know, transaction right now. We've got sellers selling a piece of property um, to these buyers. They want to 1031 and buy, you know, a beach condo. Um, 1031 sounds great, sounds like cash, but it's also kind of a contingency on the sale of this piece of property because they're not going to be able to, they're not going to have the money if, unless this one sales. Yeah, okay, good point. See, you're in the trenches every day, <laughs> so you get to see these on a daily basis. Uh, so yeah, that's a good point. So that would be a reason. So yeah, so if you're on crisp and suddenly you have this addendum that sticks out, whereas it's already built into Farbar, that could spoof uh, the seller. And in today's market where there's multiple offers. You don't want offers, to spoof the sellers. Right. You want to have the best offer, the cleanest offer. And so if you have an offer with all these addenda attached, by the way, Latin lesson, addendum is singular, addenda is plural. Oh, I so thought you were going to give us a definition. <laughs> well, everyone knows the definition. It okay. It's an add-on, but anyway. <laughs> All right, so we went over FERC 10, 1031 exchanges. And then we've got the rentals. Next one is rentals. Um, so the, it, it's in regards to long-term rentals um, is what we're kind of talking about here because in Firebar, the long-term <clears throat> rentals is built into the contract, um, whereas in CRISP, you'd have to add this um, addendum. There, the rental addendum in CRISP actually includes, includes post-closing like occupancy. <laughs> post-closing occupancy by the seller, pre-closing occupancy by the buyer or these um, existing tenant. Yeah, so that's kind of a cool thing about the CRISP addendum is that it has all three scenarios, whereas in Farbar you have to do another addendum. There's a separate one for pre-occupancy. If you're doing pre and post-closing occupancy. Uh, so that's kind of cool that they wrap it all into one uh, under crisp. But yes, if it's a long-term rental, so more than six months, there's all these rights between uh, buyer and seller uh, where buyer gets the opportunity to review the leases and can cancel within so many days of, of reviewing the leases. That's all built into FERPTA. It's a separate addenda that you have to include if it's crisp. So make sure you understand if there's long-term rental in place uh, with some tenants, because that add is this. gonna matter. Yep, absolutely. You need to be aware of it either way because you're gonna have to provide the buyer with a copy of the lease. Yes. Y'all just be careful out there. <laughs> and as we have said before, if it's short-term rentals, that's a whole different ball of wax. And that's where you need to get an attorney involved. Hey, I'm a lawyer, I can help. Uh, we also have Nathan uh, and Allison in our company that are also lawyers. But that's where we can help draft the language to address what happens with the short-term rentals because if you don't, you could get stuck uh, where suddenly the reservations are moved as soon as it's under contract because the contract doesn't state what happens to those reservations and who owns those reservations uh, from contract to closing. Anyway, whole other topic, not for today. And, well, you think you went over that in episode two or three of this series of yes. your horror story with yes, that I one. Did. So refer back and watch that if you haven't already. So let's talk about the right to inspect addendum next. Okay, sure. <laughs> so there's a strategy call where you can use this. So first of all, right now, the standard Farbar and Crisp contract just have an inspection period, which right. we discussed at the length of last episode. That's not a right to cancel. You have to jump through a bunch of hoops if the repair limits uh, are, are exceed the repair allowance. And then only in certain circumstances can the buyer cancel if the seller doesn't do certain things. Again, last episode. And we right have to have... Um, Licensed inspectors. Yes, exactly. But if you do the right to inspect, right to cancel addendum, which is available for both, then it gives buyer an open window, due diligence window, to 
inspect the property and the buyer can back out for any reason whatsoever by their total discretion. Yeah, their sole discretion. Um, and that kind of turns your contract into an as is, but it doesn't say the word as is on the right. front page of the contract. And so if a seller is refusing to take any offers on an as is, you can take a residential contract for sale and purchase, include that addendum, and you might be able to sneak it in there and get yeah. away with it. Yeah, you could. <laughs> Just depends on who's on the agent on the other side and or the seller, depending on how, how well versed they are with, with that. But yeah, that's a creative way of turning a regular contract into an as is with that right to cancel uh, power. Because that's, that's pretty strong. And that's the one thing I like about the as is, is that, is that it's already built in. Um, so, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've had phone calls recently about a buyer wanting to get out because they don't like the condition of the property, but they're subject to that inspection period versus having a, an absolute right to cancel. So anyway, an important addendum to be aware of. <laughs> okay, so I would like to go over now the condominium and homeowners association writers, um, or addenda, depending on the contract. Um, so if you have a piece of property in, let's say, Sandestin, a condo, you're gonna need both. You're gonna need the HOA writer and the condo writer. Um, yeah, great point. I see it a lot where they don't add both, but um, you do need both. Because um, there's multiple levels at that neighborhood. There or are, or seascape, or... Resort, yeah. Um, so, on the condo writer, something that I've seen um, get, get missed and um, litigation had to happen because of it, um, it states that the seller is not aware of any pending or levied special assessments other than blank. And fill it out and then it can say you choose a box that says either the buyer or the seller will pay installments due after closing yep um, if that is left blank there's a big um, there's a bolded area here that says that if levied or pending um, assessments exist as of you know this date um, and they were not disclosed the seller will pay it in full at the time of closing so um, if the seller just wasn't aware, if he didn't attend any HOA meetings or read the minutes, um, and just honestly didn't know about it, and then we get the estoppel in and there is a big special assessment that's pending, that's yeah. due. I mean, it even, it says pending or levied. So it could have been discussed in the minutes and that right. still is considered pending. Like they know it's coming down the line. Right. Um, so be aware that that language is in here and um, I suggest that if you have, especially a condominium association, because it's, that's where these big special assessments come from, you know, get copies of the last 12 months of minutes and read through them and just make sure. Yeah, because from a legal standpoint, if it's in the minutes, then you're deemed to have knowledge. It's constructive right. knowledge, whether you have actual knowledge or not. So as an owner, you can't claim ignorance because if it's discussed at the meeting and it's in the minutes, it's assumed that the members are reading the minutes so they're aware of what's going on in their association. And despite that assumption, it, it, it's constructive knowledge. So yeah, you need to go back and look through. And there are some, sure. there's some hefty special assessments that we're seeing um, these days. I know there's a condo complex on Gulf Shore Drive and they're talking in the $80,000 per unit mm -hmm. right now. Yeah, steep. So that makes a big difference it's when really it comes to this section. Yeah, so um, read, your, read your minutes, 
make sure you include both homeowners association and condo association um, addenda if, if, if applicable. Yep. And so, uh, yeah, listing agents be especially aware. I mean, granted, anyone who's done real estate in this area for a while knows the different developments and you know the different levels of each development. But uh, yeah, if you're new to real estate and you don't know the areas that well, make sure you uh, figure that out. Or Ashley and the rest of our closers are really well versed on that, so you can ask us ahead of time and we'll kind of guide you through it. Yep, that's for sure. All right. Um, okay, and then another one that is that gets people caught up quite a bit that I see is um, the VA writer um, for Farbar versus the VA addendum for CRISP. So the um, the Far bar VA addendum um, says that the seller shall pay for the WDO inspection, tax service underwriting, and document preparation fees required by the lender. Um, the CRISP does not have any of that. So if you get an offer with a VA writer, Far bar, you need to know that your seller is going to pay these fees, and they can be pretty hefty. Um, I've seen lenders get um, kind of savvy with this. And if they know the seller is paying the underwriting fee, that underwriting fee instead of $300 is $895. Mm -hmm. It's not their borrower that's having to pay it, it's the seller. Yeah. Um, and I've seen some savvy agents who will, in additional terms, say, you know, all costs listed in Rider E section 4A will be paid by buyer, or scratch through it and have everybody initial. But just last week we had an agent we sent out an Alta right before closing and she asked why all these fees were on the sellers <laughs> and we were like it's in the contract it's right here yeah and she said she'd never seen that before it's like this has been out since 2015 um, maybe she didn't do a lot of VA loans but it's a thing so yeah. beware it's in Farbar not in crisp yeah make sure you read these attachments <laughs> before yeah. you attach them <laughs> exactly yeah it's really important a lot of people uh don't pay a lot of attention to the addenda because eh, they're in the back you know but <laughs> they're really important i mean that's a great example as they to are. why so it's you got to really be familiar because the last thing you want is for a really savvy agent to be on one side and, then, and a less savvy agent to be on the other that savvy agent's going to take advantage they are every time. and then your your client's one that's going to suffer yeah and well, maybe your commission too. And that <laughs> can happen, yes. Um, and then I just have like a favorite one that I wish I saw more, um, and that's the post-occupancy by the seller. Like especially if you've got a seller who's selling on one day and buying on the same day, simultaneous yeah. closings. Like if you give the seller, if, you, if they give themselves by asking for this addendum to be added, like an additional three days, they're not spending money on the movers until they have the money in their account. Yep. Um, they're still able to close on their new purchase and they have some time. It's not like a huge rush stress fest. Yeah. I wish I saw it more and you never see it. Which is odd because you would think it would be included because it's so crazy to try to Do close it. and move in yeah. All on, and you know, there were there could be delays, and especially the here, we have a lot of get people that don't even have to live here. It. Right? They're not exactly. They're not moving in tomorrow. Just go ahead and give yourself a little bit of time. Well, how many times have we had buyers that driving down in a moving truck from out of state, only for the closing to get pushed a couple of days because of lender issues, and they're having to find a hotel, 
and park their moving truck somewhere because they couldn't move in on the closing date as oh. originally scheduled. A lot of times. So, yeah. Um, but if they know ahead of time, we're going to make this purchase, we're not going to move into it for three days, we're going to give these right. people time, then you've kind of given the buyer also less stress. Exactly. And some of these actually have uh, situations to where the uh, post-closing occupancy could be months, in which case it calls for a lease to be executed between the parties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's something us lawyers can help with. Uh, so just be aware of that as well. All right, seller financing. That's one that we see pretty common. And that's where obviously the seller is gonna to agree to finance the purchase. And so typically um, you wanna have a note, a mortgage, maybe a personal guarantee, depending on how the loan is structured. And so that is something that we can draft. Uh, it's through the law firm, so it's an additional charge, but we have lots of experience with drafting those seller financing loan documents. So if you have a seller finance deal, make sure you include that addendum and then Just we can give help. us the terms and we can That's right. get the documents prepared. Yep. And we do give a discount on legal fees if it's for a closing that we're handling. So there is that benefit. All right. I think those were like my most important ones to hit during this. Yeah, I think we covered some good ground. Yeah, and we're done. Farbar versus Chris. We did it. Five episodes in our three-part series. <laughs> it's a three plus two part series, right? <laughs> so uh, hopefully um, y'all got something out of it. Yeah, um, and of course, you know, if you have any questions, there's kickout clauses and all that kind of stuff too that's also addressed. And if, if we didn't cover that today, if due to lack of time, but if you have any questions on any of that stuff, we're happy to answer uh, those questions. Uh, and again, we're always asking for feedback. So if you want a specific episode on something uh, in particular with regards to either contract, you want us to dig in deeper, let us know. We'll be happy to do that. We're always looking for cool guests to come on. Um, we haven't had any cool guests in a long time. I think next time we're going to bring Nathan. Okay, introduce who, him to the world. Yep. We'll let him talk <laughs> about Ferkta with us. Okay. We'll, uh, everyone knows him from his prior uh, uh, company, but he's new to ECTS and the law firm, so we're excited to. Yeah, we're happy to have, to have him. And special announcement we just found out that the Farbar contract and addenda are going to be updated as of November, November of this yeah. year. So, so we're going to have some, we'll probably do like a red line discussion here but also we'd be happy to take um a class into your office or y'all come here and we can sit down and really hash it out yep all right everybody that's gonna do it for now uh be sure to like us on social media we're everywhere pretty much and uh, like i said reach out if you have any questions or feedback otherwise we'll see you next time and make sure to smash the like button so i can hear the the ticker tick 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 that's right <laughs> smash that like button all right until next time sayonara <laughs>